1: AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the
0: speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for business. Take your business further at tmobilecom slash now. The story of the week is... Survival of the Richest by Douglas Rushkoff, published on Medium. Congratulations, Douglas. Congratulations, Medium. Congratulations to the richest. To be absolutely clear, I am not rooting for a nuclear war. However, a bunker does seem kind of fun. I mean, in the same way that living in an RV is sort of a fantasy, like the idea of having to live in a bunker just seems kind of cozy and and simplified and intimate and sort of like the way a weighted blanket is so i'm kind of ashamed to say that i had a little bit of empathy for the billionaires who are building bunkers who are rightfully skewered in this amazing douglas rushkoff article survival of the richest so i've known douglas just a little bit over 25 years he's a professor And he's one of those guys who was super into the internet in the nineties and thought it was going to save us all in some kind of like hippie utopian rave party way. And then got his heart broken when social media kind of started and now hates all of the internet. Anyway, Douglas's story about the bunkers of billionaires begins with this kind of mysterious invitation that he got. So because you are our, uh, our internet sage, our modern philosopher, you get invited to do speaking gigs that are yeah. uh, much better than the speaking gigs I get invited to. And <laughs> you were invited to a particularly good one. You said it was like, uh, you're being paid like half of your professor's salary for one speaking gig. How much was that?
1: It's like $40,000. Could you imagine 40,000? That's like Hillary Clinton money, right?
0: I no, guess no, like she no, you know she gets way more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't flatter yourself. Oh, it's well. a lot of money, don't get me wrong. So the speaking gig starts out pretty normal, except for how much he's getting paid. He's flown business class to some really nice hotel out west in the middle of the desert somewhere. So he's waiting in the green room when five guys walk in. He thinks they're there to mic him up before he goes to speak in some big auditorium.
1: They bring these five guys into the little hexagonal room and they sit around this table and they just sit down. And I'm like, oh, so when are we doing the talk? And they're like... Oh, this is, this is it. And I'm like about to like open my mouth to, to start talking. And one of the guys goes, so Bitcoin or Ethereum? And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? And he said, like, well, which, which do you favor? Why would they need you for that? Exactly. What I, whenever I get one of those kind of talks, I know who it's for, right? It's right. for rich kind of hedge fund tech investor dudes. And usually what I try to do is convince them that Capitalism will kill us all.
0: So it's a, some speech where you excoriate them, and then they pay you. It's like an S and M kind of thing.
1: It is. They do like to be excoriated. So they ask me that. They ask me, are Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, you know, very sort of binary betting questions. You know, like what, which, which do I think is better, which where, which is going to dominate? And they they go around like that for a while until they finally get to the the big question: Alaska or New Zealand. Like, where should they put their bunker? It's like, my jaw drops. They're actually, these guys have come to a a Marxist media theorist to, to give them strategies on surviving what they called the event.
0: The event, as in the end of the world.
2: Writing is hard got
0: that kind of time when you're already busy trying to be joe stein so it turns on a mic maybe twiddles a knob calls a journalist friend who's got an actual job auditory single story just listen to smart people speak conversation filled with information it's the story of the week so these really rich guys are asking douglas how to plan for the event The event's this general term for any society, any disaster. Everyone's got their favorite end of the world scenario. Might be nuclear war, climate change, electromagnetic pulse, pandemic, revolution of the proletariat, artificial intelligence robots turning on their human masters, Pushkin canceling this podcast. So there's Douglas Rushkoff, the author, podcaster, media theorist, and apparently uh, therapists to billionaires with anxiety issues sitting in this room being asked for advice for reasons I don't completely understand about how to deal with the apocalypse.
1: One of them said their actuaries or whoever and their insurance division had calculated there's a 20% chance of a global catastrophe in their lifetimes. So they were going to take 20% of their capital and put it towards ways of surviving that.
0: That doesn't sound absolutely crazy to me.
1: I'm not saying they're absolutely crazy. I'm saying they're, this is fucked up though. And the the part that's that's uncomfortable about it for me is not simply that they are preparing for what they believe is the inevitable catastrophe. It's that so many of them actually want this to happen. So many of them are harboring a fantasy to have any excuse whatsoever to play this kind of survival of the richest game.
0: First of all, are these all dudes? Everyone <laughs> yeah, involved of course in they're all dudes. Okay. Yeah. I
1: mean, they're all dudes. But, but what we actually spent the most of the hour on was yeah. I, said, I said to them, I said, well, you know, so they were talking about I, their scenarios and what they had and they all of them basically had a retreat somewhere that they would go to. I asked them, aren't you guys? I thought you guys had rocket ships. And they're like, oh, no, we're low-level billionaires. You know, that's like, you know, Musk and Branson have rocket ships. The best we could do is maybe get a seat on Branson's thing. But that's not, that's beyond, we We could could just, we're going to have to just hunker down, hire a bunch of Navy SEALs and protect ourselves. And then- Wait, they all are obsessed with Navy SEALs. Seals. I know, that's because they read- um, What is up with that? They read like Jamie Wheel and some other people, they've all like trained Navy SEALs, you know, the mindset of the Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs kind of represent for them a kind of a, almost a, a stock market mentality, you know, uh, a killer be killed mindset. Like Navy seals, you put the, you know, the knife in your mouth and. But the Army the Rangers get no them. love. You no, know, it's Navy seals.
0: Like, they're pretty badass.
1: I know, and they're tough. You know, they. Then I said to them, like they've never thought of this. I said, well, why are the Navy seals going to follow your orders once your money is worthless? And it's like stop them cold. And they were like, oh fuck, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Why are they going to? And then the whole thing started to go through all these scenarios. Like, well, what if I'm the only person who knows the combination to the safe where the food is? Or uh, what if we have something like we've implanted everybody with a chip for their security, but we could use that to punish them kind of like a shock collar. And then I said, well, what if you treat your Navy SEALs really nicely today? Like get your go to your head of security, pay for his daughter's bat mitzvah today. And it's gonna be a lot harder for him to shoot you between the eyes when you're in the bunker later.
0: Douglas, none of the head of securities are Jewish. No, but you. the
1: metaphor, you understand yes, no, the analogy, yes, yes. and but, but they laughed at it, not just because I was talking about a bat mitzvah, but because they understood that what I was trying to do as my kind of anarcho-syndicalist loving rabbinical self was suggest to them that if they were actually nice to other people, rather than externalizing all the harm to everybody else, that maybe they wouldn't have to somehow protect themselves from the rest of the world.
0: I read one billionaire talking to other billionaires about this and the way he made your point was he said well you're going to want to invite your pilot and their family into your bunker because you are need your pilot and of course you're going to want all the uh, maintenance aerospace people and their families to be in your bunker and, that, and then basically he worked his way down until you're including everyone in society because you can't even the king when he built a castle was dependent on like the surf farmers you can't yeah. divorce yourself from society
1: know these guys are not thinking straight they really aren't that's why it's a fantasy one of them showed me plans of this bunker that he's having built under the ground and it had an indoor swimming pool Sweet. and he had this natural light thing over it and i'm like oh you know i got a neighbor who put in a swimming pool and he's always having trouble you know with the filter and the heat and the parts <laughs> where are you going to be getting your replacement filter parts and he's like huh and i see him talking about replacement filter parts like on his little pad like dude you need a working society to get replacement filter parts for your friggin'. Hot tub and and, and I can understand if they're thinking what are they going to somehow hold out for a year in their little bunker Mm -hmm. and then you come out and what's there but no they're actually thinking this is like it did you like these guys at all no ultimately no I did not okay I did not and I get along with a lot of different kinds of tech guys um I didn't and and I think the reason I didn't was the way they reacted to my provocations was very brittle. You know, I I felt like they didn't want to really talk. They didn't want to have their vision of their bunker strategies genuinely challenged.
0: I get that. No one wants their entire bunker strategy questioned. But Douglas's critique of bunker strategies was just getting started because he was going to accidentally find out way more about them. But first, we're going to let you know about some very important things you're going to need to buy from our sponsors if you hope to live through the event. We'll be right back.
1: I've interviewed many successful people over the years, and one thing I find fascinating is many of them don't consider themselves business savvy. Take the owners of Tight Knit Brewing They turn to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards and do all of it in one place with the Chase Mobile app. And that's helped these brew-loving friends turn a passion into a business. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase Mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. JP Morgan, Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC.
2: Hello, hello. That's T-Mobile.com slash unconventionalawards. I'll save you a seat.
1: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000 mile powertrain and five-year, 60,000 mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
0: Okay, so when we last left Douglas Rushkoff, the socialist media theorist, he's stuck in this room with five really, really rich guys who are trying to ask him about how to survive the apocalypse. He then writes this hilarious article about this experience for Medium, and when the article comes out, things got a lot weirder. Okay, so after the uh, piece comes out, you get an email from a bunch of people who basically want to sell bunker stuff to rich people, and one they of you want
1: me to introduce them to my five billionaires. right? Oh, I sell the best bunkers. I bet that Navy Seal, you know, employment service, uh, all <laughs> those kind of things.
0: And one of them is named J.C. Cole, so who is he and what was his idea that he emailed you about?
1: It's weird. I mean, People are telling me I shouldn't love this guy, but I do love this guy. So JC Cole is a he's a real MAGA guy, a MAGA Trump supporter guy. He was running. I forgot what country like, like Latvia, one of these places after the fall of the Soviet Union, he was running like the uh, embassy in the, uh, and the chamber the chamber of Commerce. the American
0: Chamber of Commerce yeah. in Latvia.
1: And he had to do security and all that. But he had witnessed the fall of the Soviet Union and what how you had to rebuild a society and He has these uh, uh, a couple of farms and equestrian centers out in Jersey and Pennsylvania, and he got the idea to create kind of sustainable farms in around the country that billionaires could buy shares in. You pay a few million dollars to get shares and then you have a place to go when the shit hits the fan. So he would build them around near, like two hours away from each major city and have- One was in Princeton. Right, one's in Princeton, one's like in the Poconos. He's trying to build them in different places. And he said, you gotta come, you know, you gotta see this place. And I go, I'll come, I'll come. And he's like, do you shoot, right? And I'm like, so, he's like, bring your boots. So I bring like these, you know, like, like, wife's boots, right? So, to go out, like, in the mud. When you bring whose boots? My wife's, but they don't fit. But, um, what kind of, <laughs> you know, to boots? I want boots. He says to bring boots. I've used plastic bags on my sneakers, you know, to, he's got a muddy farm he, and he wants to go out in the back and shoot. And,
0: and do you shoot? I,
1: I did shoot.
0: Okay. It was your first time shooting a gun. <laughs> yeah. What'd you think?
1: It was kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Yeah. There's two kinds of gun. There's, um, I guess it's more than two, but he Shotguns had two. And rifles? No, there was a, a a little gun that shot 22 rim fire. That's like, right? yeah, right. Which you could shoot, and not it doesn't hurt. Then he had a Glockenspiel no or whatever yeah. it is. You know, Uh <laughs> that's an instrument. Uh, whatever, a gun with nine <laughs> millimeters. Glock. Yeah, and that
0: you shoot it and it moves your hand. It really recoil. it's, yeah, yeah, recoil. It's a whole thing. Okay, so you meet him and you and his idea. His idea is he's going to build these bunkers, but they're also farms. They're not
1: even bunkers. He's going to build working farms. You buy a share in this farm. You spend like $5 million now and you're investing in a farm. And then when shit hits the van, you come out and you live and work on this farm. And there'll be a dentist and a doctor and all the different kinds of things that you need. Several hundred people living on a farm. And there'll be, of course, a dozen Navy SEALs, you know, armed to the teeth to guard the place.
0: He said something to you that kind of summed it up up for me completely he said i am less concerned about gangs with guns than the woman at the end of the driveway holding a baby and asking for food what did he mean by that and and how did it affect you
1: well it was weird after we had you know shot rounds and he was talking about the various kinds of military guys and navy seals that were going to come Uh, protect the place i was like yeah but what if a giant gang of motorcycle guys came with chains and machine guns you know what and then he said yeah i'm less worried about that than i am the moral quandary of the starving people at the gate and that's what made me love this guy so this guy the part of his plan that i think is great and that none of the billionaires like is that your money doesn't just go to the farm that you're living in. Your money is also an investment in a company that is meant to train people around the country how to build their own farms. Because his idea is, If we're the only ones able to do this, then everyone's going to be coming and attacking us. That the more resilient we can make the rest of the country, the more we can have other people taking care of themselves, the better off we are. And that philosophy alone from a supposedly MAGA Republican gun-toting guy is what's keeping the tech billionaires from wanting to even invest in him. Because he's too egalitarian. He's too communist for them.
0: Okay, so your communitarian farm MAGA guy is getting no buyers. And his website looks like crap, by the way. He seems like a guy who's not really plugged into the billionaire tech community. And then there are these other companies like Vivos. They're the ones that sell the old nuclear bunkers. Uh, And then they turn them into what seem like kind of awesome Miami condominiums where there's like hot tubs and swimming pools and...
1: Yeah, uh, they're like little Doctor No sort of retreats, yes. you know? They sort of yeah. look awesome.
0: And then there's this snazzy video on Vivos while they're playing this song that says Say Your Last Goodbyes. Say your last goodbye. <laughs> they suddenly have like the basically the coolest looking condo ever. And people are buying into that. And this one called Opidum or something in the Czech Republic.
2: Whatever is happening in the world outside, you can rest easy and live fully in times of tranquility and in times of unrest.
1: That's really just a, a condos, kind of. It's these gorgeous condos with an indoor pool. But they, they're, they're in really fortified, you know, subterranean basements and stuff. I mean, it's sort of a version of the RV fantasy for the retiree, mm-hmm. you know, or your tiny house. You know, there's a there's a there's something that's really kind of sweet about having your houseboat or your tiny house or your R V and you just live there and you open up your little meals and yeah. you know that that I mean think about it. It's like it's a hard world and it would just be so simple. Like
0: what other amenities did you see that you were like, Oh, this is pathetic, it's never gonna work out?
1: Every single amenity I saw. I thought was pathetic and wouldn't work out. I mean, the ones that were even more pathetic was, you know, a- as I did more research and looked at the um, kind of the eco farm ideas that these kind of Burning Man dudes come up with. You know, they have all these great ideas, but they, they they believe that somehow they can survive in a hermetically sealed world so like their solution for topsoil is to have these big plastic tubes that you put topsoil in and then you grow your plants there so you don't have to water the whole earth you could just water the tubes in which your food is growing that's nice but where people do that kind of stuff or vertical farming on rooftops it's like you get fungus in your system and right. like what do you do you right. call the guy hey jo- what do i do they come in they they switch out your vertical farm stuff they say oh here's a fresh tube you know try a little bit less water next time maybe that'll what do you do if you're in your bunker and your tube gets the fungus in it it's i mean it's like it
0: doesn't work there's also this thing that these billionaire preppers do at least i've read which is they get lasik because um, basically the Twilight Zone episode in which the end of the world comes and that guy is super psyched because he yeah. loves to read and he's finally left alone and then, he, and then he steps on his glasses.
1: There was time now. There was was all the time I needed. That's <laughs> not fair.
0: <laughs> so they've all solved for that by getting Lasix because they want to eliminate that need.
1: Yeah, well, what you got to realize is The majority of the things they think to solve for are things they've read about in neil stevenson or seen in walking dead they're they're really particular so when you mention something really normal that they haven't solved for like um what about contamination of your water supply uh that's not like sexy enough for a novel but it's like way more possible right there's this
0: thing we thought we might be fun to do with you Uh which is you don't have to do it one of these bunker places vivos they have a membership form to apply, and we were wondering if you and I should should fill it out. You could fill it out. Do you want to? Do you want at least look at it? You I'll look at to. it. This is I'll not- look
1: at it. Oh my gosh! All right, yeah. So there's a name and address and stuff, but then it gets interesting. It's like.
0: Your age, that's important. Oh, this is like giving sperm. They're probably going to ask for SAT scores No, no. It's not like giving sperm. No. It is age. uh, Then skills and expertise. Number of
1: people in your group, right? And then skills and expertise. What could Mm -hmm. you do? But that's smart. Are you a dentist, an EMT, a hunter, law enforcement? Right. Journalist is not in. (laughs) It's
0: not here. Wait, what what would we check off? I guess we could check off communications. Yeah. That's an option.
1: Yeah, but the communications thing, can you, can you? build a ham radio from crystals
0: oh that's what they mean they don't mean just talk pretty sure okay i
1: like they have one that's just survivalist
0: <laughs> wait they also have one that's just religion
1: yeah that's pretty good i could do that i'm ordained as a rabbi and
0: then there's an essay section too
1: i know it's like applying to oberlin um <laughs>
0: <laughs> tell us what skills and expertise you have and how you will be a benefit to a vivo shelter community this information will assist us in processing your application. I would
1: think the idea is that the more you have to offer the community, the less you might have to pay. You can get a scholarship. You know, oh. if you're like us, you just got to pay the full billion or whatever it is to get in there.
0: So we, I just need to hire a chemist and a hunter and a seamstress.
1: And make them part of your group.
0: Yeah. We got to form groups.
1: Right. I, my, expert, my expertise is cannibalism.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that won't get you in. <laughs> no. Douglas compiled all these insane adventures with paranoid billionaires and the people who bunker them into a new book called Survival of the Richest Escape Fantasies of the Tech Billionaires. It reads like a comedy. At one point, a guy says he never posts anything critical about artificial intelligence because when AI does take over, he doesn't want it to label him as their enemy. And then Rushkoff points out to him that an all knowing AI is going to be able to figure out what he was really thinking about, whether he wrote it down or not. And the guy totally freaks out. The engine driving that kind of comedy and all the comedy in this book is what Douglas calls the mindset, which he defines in this way. Quote, winning means earning enough money to insulate themselves from the damage they're creating by earning money in that way. It's a really dystopian way of looking at the world. One where society is like, just hopelessly screwed and the rich are the ones who can escape to Mars or upload their brains into the metaverse or get one of these bunkers. So after having written this book, would you say anything different to those five dudes in the pavilion than you did at the time?
1: If they would listen, I would probably explain to them that they are the victims of a mindset. Right? They're, they're the victims of a mindset that sees technology as a way of isolating and insulating from other people rather than connecting, right? Yeah. So their understanding, where they came from, their lineage that understands nature and the world as this set of unpredictable forces that need to be dominated by technology and dovetail that with capitalism, which taught them to go to, uh, to colonize places, extract the value, leave devastation, and then move on, that if, those, if that's your lineage, if that's your heritage, what do you think you're gonna get? You're gonna get a bunch of billionaires wanting to execute on the ultimate exit strategy, but there's another way, right? There's another way.
0: Did the, the original five guys, that paid you to come speak to them ever get in touch with you again?
1: One emailed me or LinkedIn to at me, actually. And it was really short. It was just something like uh, after the piece came out, he was like, that wasn't fair.
0: Oh. He was hurt. But didn't get into it with you. That was just... No. Just...
1: I didn't say anything in the article that I didn't really say to them up front, you know, and I was kind enough not to expose them. Yeah. You know, although I probably, they I probably signed something that I couldn't anyway.
0: That wasn't fair. It's such a sad response. Yeah. Is there anything prepper-wise that you took from them and you're like, well, I'm going to do that one thing?
1: No, if anything, their pathos, their silliness kind of relieved me of all pretense that I can go it alone. And what it did was it, it really um, led me to want to double down on my commitment to making my community a place that will be resilient. Unity is, is so much more powerful.
0: Thank you for writing the story and the book and thank you for talking to me. And uh, thank you for making me realize I don't need all the millet that I've got stored in my house.
2: You
1: don't.
0: Uh, Douglas is right. Our only hopes to save society. You can find Douglas Rushkoff's article, Survival of the Richest, on Medium. He also has a new book out with the same title. And finally, if someone happens to have a reasonably priced bunker with a podcast studio, or if you're an angry billionaire, or an expert in the Twilight Zone who spotted the one mistake we made, please email us at sotw@pushkin.fm at pushkin.fm and do it soon before it's too late. At the end of the show, what's next for Joel Stein? Maybe he'll take a nap or poke around online. Our show today was produced by Lydia Jean Cott and Nisha Venka. It was edited by Robert Smith. Our engineer is Amanda K. Wang. Our executive producer is Catherine Girardot. And our theme song was written and performed by Jonathan Colton. And a special thanks to my voice coach, Vicky Merrick, and my consulting producer, Lauren Zelazny. To find more Pushkin Podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Joel Stein, and this is Story of the Week. I've never had this discussion. Is it MAGA or MAGA? I don't know. It's I, spelled M-A-G-A. No, I know how it's spelled. It's <laughs> I, I've always said MAGA, but you know... It, MAGA? It, it, th- it's MAGA? It's MAGA. Yeah, I think you need to hang out with more of these people so you can pronounce MAGA. their...
1: Yeah, they say MAGA. Well, from there, in the south, they say MAGA. Here in the north, we say MAGA. MAGA in is Canada, the, it's certainly MAGA.
0: It's the Jewish accent version. It's the tomato of uh, tomato. It's the well,
1: Jews we say MAGA. <laughs> <laughs>